With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to the NUFC Blogcast. Hello, yes, I've already said it. Welcome to the NUFC broadcast. Ollie, we, after 20 years, are in the Champions League again. How are you feeling? Honestly, just you saying that, like, I'm not sure when it's ever going to sink in. Like, I think over this past 18 months, we've constantly had little landmark moments where it just doesn't feel real. And this is just another one. This is the biggest one yet, I think. Um, the last time we got to the Champions League, I was eight, nine years old. So, I can remember bits, but I wasn't able to fully take it in. And I'm, yeah, I'm, it's just amazing, isn't it? Honestly, we, can't believe it. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, all the podcasts can be saying the same thing. It's just, we can't believe it. It's actually happened. The thing, there's a couple of things I want to highlight. Uh, you can hear my voice, right? It's gone. I've been at the game. I know you couldn't make it, unfortunately, because of family issues and everything, which is completely understandable. I, I went today. The atmosphere was, well, actually, to be fair, the atmosphere was obviously incredible, like St. James's Park has been for the last year, but it was a bit nervy. The performance yeah. was a bit nervy, but who cares? We've got over the line and Newcastle are back in the Champions League and it's, oh, I can't even remember what I was going to say, to be honest, but it's, I'm, I'm knackered. I'm shattered. My voice hurts. <laughs> I've been up since 6am today. I'm now in my car near to midnight recording this pod. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's incredible, right? And you can see the, the reaction on social media, on on our website, NUFC blog, on our Twitters, uh, everything. It's just going mad, right? Yeah, it's amazing. And I mean, one one thing I've just seen there is like a picture of the 
the amazing flag that was put up in the East Stand today, which reads, for anyone who didn't see it, um, hard work pays off, dreams come true, bad times don't last, but legends do. And I just think it's just brilliant that because it, it almost sums up the bit of the roller coaster we've been on, I suppose, over the past, what, 10, 15 years in that I guess there's been a long time where a lot of fans have had to just stick by some pretty awful stuff, whether it's a load of rubbish on the pitch, off the pitch. And we've obviously, in the back of our minds, we've always hoped for better. And that's why I think when we stayed up under Rafa, stayed up under Bruce and obviously had this takeover that was constantly hanging in the balance finally go through. I think that's why people have just never stopped believing because we kind of know the club's got this potential. And now we've actually realised that within the first full season under new owners and Eddie Howe is just, it's almost come quicker than we expected and we can't quite process it, yeah. I think. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's absolutely but, crazy. Yeah. If you ask me at the start of the season, what are our aims and what what do you think is going to happen with this takeover? I would have said, well, we're going to build slowly and top eight this season would be a real achievement and let's finish eighth and then let's, you know, change our squad and then maybe we'll get Champions League in three years and then we'll win something in maybe five years. This season, we've got to a cup final and we've qualified for the Champions League. It's We are so far ahead of schedule. And the danger, I suppose, is what we talked about last week, which is we just get completely carried away. Well, that's it. I mean, I guess for now, I mean, I think Eddie Howe said this after in his interview. I was watching that. Obviously, it's a shame I couldn't make it, but it was interesting to see the bits on Sky after the game. And Howe was kind of... Yeah, go on, because I haven't seen them. I'm literally, yeah, I mean, he was... I've walked through the madness of Newcastle City Centre right now, which is, by the way, going mental. Uh, and I've come to my car, I've sat in, I've called you. So go on, what did Eddie Howe say on Sky Sports? I mean, it was interesting. I mean, obviously, the, the biggest thing was just the relief. And just, I think it, it's funny, really, because Howe's been asked for so long, these Champions League questions. Are, if you look back at his, po- um, sorry, not his podcast, his press conferences each week. It's podcast. Let's get, yeah. Let's, <laughs> Let's get him on. Let's get him on. He can be yeah, a co-host he... with us, Eddie Howe. <laughs> yeah, but when you look back at his responses to journalists, he's always been reluctant to talk too much about the top four and he hasn't really wanted to even bring that into the conversation until it's done. And I, yeah. I think there was just a massive relief from him. But but one thing he did kind of do is he didn't really want to touch on too much about the summer and, and how expectations will change next season and going forward. I think he just wants to enjoy this moment because I think that's the mad thing about football. It's like, I think Howe said it, that it's a, it's a bit like a conveyor belt and you can't really get off it. And it's a bit like a treadmill. You, you sort of, okay, we can enjoy this moment, but you just know Addy Howe will be up in the morning, um, barely even sleeping tonight, already trying to plan for the summer and stuff like that. So we're planning for Chelsea guess, away. He'll want to win well, that Exactly. Win. There we go. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's one of those where I think we just need to, we just need to enjoy it. Don't we? And just yeah. take it all in. Cause at the minute there's, like I say, there's so many, whether it's the takeover, whether it's signing the likes of um, Isaac for 60 million, um, just some of the performances we've put in, it's just everything that's happened over the past 18 months has just been a dream, hasn't it? And yeah, and the, yeah. the, the bad thing, the, not, not the bad thing, the mental thing is we're just getting started. That's that's the that's the crazy thing. Well, that's the crazy thing for us and for other teams in the Premier League, isn't it? It's terrifying, really, for them. But uh, yeah, no, <laughs> unbelievable, honestly, just so... The, the game, it was an interesting game. I mean, I, I don't know how it came across on Sky Sports, but... For those in the ground, it was weird because we all knew, everyone, it felt like knew, like the Leicester fans, Newcastle fans, the referee, the the, the flipping stewards, everyone knew that if we scored, essentially, that was Champions League football because it, it it didn't look like Leicester was gonna, were going to score at any point. 
you know, they, yeah. they didn't have a clear cut chance and nothing. It was just us dominating. And the fact we didn't score was a bit of a disappointment, to be honest. However, it wasn't a disappointment because we're forgetting all that. We've qualified for the Champions League. It was a nervy performance because everyone knew one goal for us meant top four. I mean, the thing is, it's funny you mentioned that about how there was a bit of nerves in there and that Leicester, as you say, for a lot of that game, they weren't even in it from an attacking point of view, but it was actually quite sort of mad that at the end of that game, when Madison put that cross in and Castagna came onto it, I suddenly thought at that moment, if this goes in, it's almost yeah. like my life flashed before everyone, my eyes. And I thought, if this goes in, we have to be Chelsea. Everyone thought that <laughs> on the ground as well. The last eight to 10 minutes, whatever it was, when they suddenly started his playing a bit of football, to be honest, they suddenly got a bit of possession. They suddenly yeah. started putting the ball in the box. Everyone was sort of starting to look at each other and going, hang on, we haven't, we haven't quite considered this. Like, if they do, just nick one, just completely flukily. They, you know, Madison, Barnes, whatever, has a shot, Tielemans, and it deflects off someone and goes in. If we lose this game, then suddenly we're going to Chelsea with a lot of pressure on ourselves yeah. and yeah. Liverpool with a lot of hope, thinking we might be able to do this. So the fact it just nil-nil at the end, Botman, you know, it might have been the 90th minute or something with five minutes to go. Uh, this is very unheard of at St. James's, but a lot of people around me, Botman were getting the ball, passing to burn. Everyone's going, just hold it, hold it. Literally, Leicester weren't coming on to us because they wanted a draw. They came for a draw. I just yeah. going, hold it, do not do anything. We'll have the draw. <laughs> and uh, and we got it. So success. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny, really, because um, it came over from watching it on TV that, I mean, this is natural, but when we were sort of having so much of the ball, we were the only team having shots towards goal. We didn't have many on target, but we had we were the only only sort of team in it from an attacking point of view. It came across like the stadium were just desperate to have that moment where there was just going to be lift off and there was going to be a goal. And I yeah, guess that's what I was after, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the memories won't great. change. The, the post-match celebrations, the, when the final whistle went, I saw your post on Twitter there of the reaction to it. And oh, yeah. that, that stuff still stay with everyone. But I think everyone just wanted that moment where the goal went in and we won it. But... I think towards the end of the game, it suddenly hit everyone. Wait a second. If like, We don't need to risk winning this when a draw will do. Do you know what I mean? Ultimately, we just needed the point and we got it. it I mean, it's nice. I guess Nick Pope would be glad to have a clean sheet out after so many games without. So there we yeah. go. Yeah, no, huge. Obviously, we don't need to talk about that, but huge result. Let's Let's just change tack a little bit now and just say, well, not change tack. Let's get excited. I know... It's obviously huge news. We don't want to get carried away with Newcastle, but we have now, we've been saying that for months, haven't we? But we've now confirmed Champions League qualifications. So, Ollie, how old are you? 29. 29, 29 yeah, yeah. I thought so. I'm 33. I, I nearly so, forgot how old I was there, by the yeah, way. Yeah, oh, that, that happens shows. when you get, yeah. You, yeah, yeah like, beyond 25, no one knows how old they are. Yeah, it's just you have to work it out. But what are your... Do you have Champions League memories at 29? You must do. Yeah, I do. Like I said earlier, I do have some vague ones where I was, like I said, I would have been eight or nine years old. And I, I do vaguely remember having brief memories of certain Champions League matches. Um, I know one thing my dad used to do. I, I don't know how often he did this, but I definitely have memories of we couldn't get a ticket for the game. So he used to drive around St. James's Park, have the radio on and just hear a bit of the atmosphere if there was a goal going we'd almost appreciate the atmosphere without actually seeing it nice. and uh i think my first memory of that it's not a, it's not a great one but i think inter milan might have beaten us it was maybe four nil four one something like that okay and i remember i remember hearing noises of a goal and it, it wasn't newcastle but and we went away to them and drew two two with shira getting two 
Yeah, that's right. I remember, there's a famous picture there, isn't there, of the, the away end at the San Siro. Oh, it was a famous performance by Shearer, to be fair. If you watch the highlights, it, it was oh, like yeah. a monstrous performance from him. Two goals, both almost exactly the same, and the back post sort of just scooping it in. But holding up the ball, everything, it was it was, it was was incredible. My, I mean, my memories, my memories are of... There's a few things I remember about the Champions League in Newcastle. So I'm 33. 20 years ago, I was 13, and that's when we left the Champions League. But I remember a few things. One, I remember... Didier Drogba, although actually this was the UEFA Cup, I think. Didier yeah. Drogba for Marseille scoring two and putting us out, and then he went to Chelsea. I think that was 0405 or 0304 in the UEFA Cup. Champions yeah, League, actually. I remember that night where uh, against Feyenoord, was it? Where uh, yes. we were 2 0 up or something, and then Feyenoord got two back, and then we scored yeah. in the last minute with uh Bellamy Kieran Dyer missing a sitter essentially and then Bellamy scoring that was oh, incredible and I remember that Bellamy goal it was almost like a, a, a cutback across the box and the goalkeeper it was a weird of... goal it hit the keeper's yeah. stomach and went in like the keeper awful goalkeeping but yeah famous moment for Newcastle and then and then I also uh I mean I even remember watching you know but uh Aspria's hat trick at St James's Park on TV yeah. remember watching that but then I I mean I suppose the 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 abiding memory for me because uh, I would have been 13, it would have, it was the latest memory of the Champions League, was listening to the radio when we went out to Partizan Belgrade in the qualification uh, steps of the Champions League on penalties. And oh. just thinking, I remember thinking and saying to my friends, oh, what, we're in the UEFA Cup? This is awful. What about the music and everything on ITV and everything? all that magic? You know, I remember thinking it was, and we left it and we haven't had it since. And now we're 33 years old and we've got it back, Ollie. Can you believe yes. it? You know what? I'm, I'm just had another memory come back to me there, and I think it was Andy Griffin scoring against Buffon yep. to beat Juventus one 0 Now, yep. let's hope that that version of uh, from the current Newcastle team is Dan Byrne putting it past Courtois to beat the Amateur. <laughs> That's going to be incredible. Be <laughs> I mean, I still th I think because that was a period of the Champions League when there was two group stages. I don't really know this, but there was two group stages at that point, and we are still, I think because kind of no one else could have beaten it because the way the format changed. But we are still the only team that lost the first three games of the Champions League group stage and still qualified. I think that's still true because well, the second three games, we, I think we won all three. And that was that Feyenoord game where we went through under Bob Robson. Do you know what? I think this just shows here that I've obviously seen some of the, the big moments and I remember the highlights, but I don't remember the little intricacies like this because I did not even realise the whole group stage situation you've just mentioned there so yeah yeah that's at least we haven't got that hurdle this i think time. that's true i mean do correct us if we're wrong comment or yeah, email, be email me nufcblogcast at gmail.com i think that's true but anyway hey ho champions league memories we've made it let's just take a little pause and listen to uh i had a great time today ollie because obviously if you follow our twitter you'll know everyone that we gave away a ticket tonight to someone and um it was like a, you know, a standard Twitter, Facebook thing where retweet and do X, Y, Z and you'll get entered into a competition, which, you know, it means we get more followers, but also we're giving something away and, you know, fine, whatever. We had loads of people retweet our thing. But the question was, what is the um, uh, what is the Mike Ashley family tradition? And you'll find out the answer in episode one of our pod. So I got probably... 70 in the end dms saying mike ashley's family tradition is vomiting in the fireplace 
Now, out of context, that is absolutely mad. But I just kept getting, I was laughing to myself because I kept getting these images. Vomiting in the fireplace, vomiting in the fireplace, vomiting in the fireplace. It's very funny. Anyway, if you don't know what I'm talking about, by the way, listen to episode one. But we're going to head on now to Mike Ashley's Puddling Pool, which is the series and what it's called. Episode two. Give it a listen. But we now need to bolt the horse on and we're going to. As Mike Ashley grew older and progressed through nursery and into school, his parents, Vernon and Petunia, started noticing a number of disturbing traits. At his third birthday party, he refused to share his chocolate cake with anyone else present, eating the whole thing without breaking eye contact with his best friend, Lee Charnley, who wept silently. Mike and Lee met at nursery. For the first three years of Lee's life, if you didn't know this about Lee Charnley, he was just a bald head. The rest of his body began to sprout out below him in around 1968. Another interesting trait was discovered at Mike's swimming practice in 1969, when he was found to have sellotaped magnets to his feet to collect all the loose coins on the bottom of the pool. Ollie, should we do some Twitter questions? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. It's obviously been a very small period of time between the game and now, because we're trying to record as soon as possible. So there's not many, but I've got two to ask you. Is that all right? Go for it. Here we go. First one from Stuart Patterson. How many first team players do we need to sign in the summer? Now, I think we kind of asked this, answered this last week, didn't we? We did, actually. I, I saw this one on Twitter and I thought to myself, we, I mean, we've now guaranteed Champions League, but I'm pretty sure we touched on this one in the last episode. Yeah. Well, he said six, and I think we agreed, right? A centre-back, a right-back, yeah. a left-back, a centre-mid, a right-wing, and a striker. That's what we said. Yeah, I think we said six or seven, didn't we? It's going to yeah. be interesting to see how we get that balance, isn't it? Because we've got, we've kind of got, in one sense, a lot of our success has been built on the fact the team's such a, a tight-knit group and everyone pulls in the same direction, everyone works hard, there's no prima donnas. So to sign quality, but also maintain that level of togetherness is going to be the bat- a big sort of... I don't want to say a battle, but it's going to be a, a careful balance, isn't it, over the summer to get that right? Yeah, we've got to get it right, yeah. Big yeah. time. This is the thing. I mean, we take it for granted, I think. I think you said this to me the other day, actually, in a, in a conversation that wasn't a podcast or anything, but we have taken it for granted, I think, that we got money, we've done well. Like, money equals done well. It's not the case. We have been, we have got so lucky, in, in part, that our owners seem to be doing it properly. They hired how that we've made right decisions in terms of the transfer market. It is not a given that you spend money and do well. I mean, look at Chelsea, look at uh, Everton who spent 300 million, uh, you know, over in in a couple of seasons, a few years ago. Like what have we done? Right. Ollie? I mean, it's for too much funny when you, when you just mentioned there about spending money and and actually ended up getting it wrong through that I straight away thought of Chelsea. And actually if our owners had come in and done a Chelsea, so looked for a big name appointment who maybe wouldn't actually work um sort of look at go into the transfer market like a 14 year old playing fifa and just sign anyone they fancy yeah if we'd actually gone down that route initially that's what fans like probably got excited about we were getting linked with huge names we thought we were going to be able to sign all of the world's best players in the first transfer window or at least very quickly and actually the fact we've taken it in a much more measured way has actually created success i mean if someone had told you when the takeover went through, you won't be signing, well, I mean, yes, we have signed quality players, but you won't be spending 100 million on each player. You'll be actually getting Dan Byrne in the first window following the, the takeover. There would have been actually quite a lot of fans going, oh, what, we're getting Dan Byrne? That's a bit underwhelming. But it's actually, 
th- those steps that have, that have kind of created the success. And yes, we'll have to pick it up from there. And I think I mentioned the last podcast, there'll be times where maybe that squad player like a, a maybe a Jacob Murphy in time will have to be moved on and we'll have to upgrade. And in time, it'll be Almiron, who's a backup player, not the first choice winger. Or maybe even a long staff has to have someone come in and, and push him on. Or if he can't push on, he, he'll be replaced. But I think the fact we've taken it step by step and built such strong foundations when before there wasn't any strong foundations, it's just, it's been just a perfect move. And um, I think how kind of sums that up as well in, in what he stands for. Um, he kind of, he's all about sort of hard work and it's okay that the basics and that, that does him a disservice because he's, he's, he's about way more than just doing the basics, right? He's obviously such a deep thinker and he's improving tactically all the time. But I think, I think how as well was like the first of so many sort of spot on decisions by the owners and look where we are now. Champions League. <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? I know, honestly. Still can't get... I'm just sitting here. I'll tell you where I am. So everyone from Newcastle will know where I am. I'm I'm at the Baltic car park or the Sage car park, but the Sage is having everything done up, right? So I'm at the Baltic car park, so I've crossed over the Millennium Bridge. I'm sat in my car. And I'm just sitting here listening to you recording this pod in my car, thinking, I can't believe we're in the Champions League. I mean, it, it links into our next Twitter question, right? So thanks for Stuart Patterson for that other one. We've answered that, and we kind of answered it last week. But Andy McFarlane has asked, what's your ideal Champions League away day destination next season? What do you now, reckon? We... I mean, as you think, I will answer myself. I think, yeah. for me, I would love it if we played at some point, Real Madrid, because I don't think we've ever played them in a history, I think. I Is mean, that I right? might have, well, I don't think so. Can you think of anything? I mean, I, to be honest with you, I can't remember. I mean, I can barely remember. Oh, somewhat, some some really knowledgeable fans going to complain now and kind of boycott us because I've said that, but I don't think we've ever played them in a history. So I'd love to play them. But then other reasons like what would be a great away day, Barcelona would be incredible got the seaside i mean i've been there it's such a nice place uh places like i don't know marseille i don't even know whether they're in it but that would be incredible um a Portuguese i mean i'll be honest team, like liz you know uh, uh, like porto or something would be incredible go on i think the thing is as well i mean obviously when we when we get to the champions league we're not just going to be there to sort of i don't know um what's the word, like we've won a competition and just be grateful. We're going to actually be in there to progress from the group stages and kick on. Like, 100%. like how's too, how's too ambitious to not take it like that? And so are the owners. But at the same time, if we're being realistic, I would like to be in a group where we look at certain ties and just from a football point of view, think, wow, I can't wait to watch Newcastle play. Like you yeah. said, a Real Madrid, it's in James's Park. Because for me, it's one thing thinking of the away day and thinking, oh, imagine being in the Bernabeu. Imagine going to that city and having a nice break while we go to watch the game and stuff like that. But it's also about seeing these like elite top-level players come to St. James's Park, hear the Champions League music, and see your, see your team playing. That's what I was waiting for tonight, Ollie. I thought maybe at full-time they'd play it, but I did oh. actually also at the back of my head think, they probably legally can't. Like it's probably a license thing. But well, you know what? They Premier, didn't play Premier League it. game, but you know they didn't play it. But anyone who's checked out um, the the club's official Twitter page, they've, they've put a little video out there already. And I think right. Dan Burns about to get interviewed by NUFC TV. And okay. Joe, Joe Linton runs along and basically hums the champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've played the the music. At, I've done a bit of research into what you can do, and I've played the music at the start of this podcast because. 
basically, what, arrest me. Do you know what? Newcastle are going to the Champions League and I wanted to play the music and you wanted to hear it. So there we go. Third question from Scottish Mags. Who is your NUFC player of the year, Ollie? Well, obviously there was uh, Kieran Trippier got the award just before the game. I think it was probably announcing the programme that he'd, he'd won it. I mean, yeah. I can't lie, I'm struggling to give another player a, a it's tricky isn't it it's one of these ones where you think for me I, I i think i don't even know like it could be like if you stop the season halfway through you'd definitely say trippier 100 yeah. percent, like 100 percent. he was unbelievable we'd kept so many clean sheets he was so influential etc etc but still there was players like joe linton and bruno playing yeah. really really well then the thing is Second half, yeah. of the se- and then second half of the season, Isak comes in, does incredibly well. Wilson starts playing again because he had a really good start of the season, then a bit of a blank middle and then a really good end. You've got Joe Linton playing incredibly. Longstaff's played incredibly. Almir on the first half of the season doing really well. Yeah. Botman being incredible the whole season and just kind yeah. of going under the radar. Pope doing well. I, 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 it's We've just been so, so good. I mean, this is the thing, like, and I think that probably now you actually get a chance to reflect on how good we've been. And you obviously there, you can make an argument for so many players. I mean, I honestly think Fabian Charles being a massive unsung hero too, because I mean, there's times where, do you remember the days of the Rafa and, and the Steve oh. Bruce days where it was said that, oh, Charles can't was, play in the back four. Charles got to play in the back three. I, that was me. I was someone who yeah. said, well, let's get rid of Charles. He doesn't look interested. He's on the beach. Yeah. He doesn't, he, he thinks he's too good for us. He uh, just shoots every chance he gets, you know, all this sort of stuff. And that might have been true, but whatever Eddie Howe's come in and done has turned him into a, well, back into that World Cup Switzerland centre-back we bought for four million, which was a bargain. Uh, and That's were... got to be one of the best bits of business the club have done, a sort of pound-for-pound yeah. signing. And the it wasn't done by the new owners. Yeah, it was uh, three, four, whatever it was. It, yeah, was, it wasn't either the new way. owners, but yeah, huge, huge signing. And... He could play, you know, we all say it all the time, don't we? But he could play centre mid. As in, he's so good on the ball. His technique's brilliant. That's why he takes some of the free kicks. His touch is great. So he's just an all-round good footballer. It's just, I thought, under Rafa Benitez and Steve Bruce, there were periods where I thought, you don't care. But it might just be his demeanour. I don't know. It's funny, isn't it? Because he was one of those players, you could tell when he'd lost his head and he was whether it was throwing himself into tackles he was never going to win and getting booked or just pulling himself out of position and leaving us open. He, he basically lacked discipline, I would say, and he was quite erratic. Whereas now, I never worry about Shah doing those things. And we all know how like silky he could be and how good-looking he is and how just <laughs> how he just basically, when he's good, he looks he just looks in, incredible. And But he wasn't always consistent under Rafa and, and Bruce, was he? Whereas now, you just never worry he's going to have, a, have an off day. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's so many contenders and... I think that sums up how 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 good everyone's kind of been and how whether it's the star signings showing how good they are, like the likes of the your Bruno's, Trippiers, Isaacs, all the the success stories under how coming through and just shocking everyone. I mean, one player I would put forward. I know Trippier's just being picked as the official one, and go he's, on. He's, he's shoulder Ramiobi <laughs> for his camp for his appearance at the, the the new camp all those years ago. Yeah, exactly. Well, he was on the touchline today. I saw him just before oh, the. Before the game, yeah. He obviously still works for Newcastle, doesn't he? Yeah, he's but, the lone uh, coordinator, I think. But By yeah, the way, I, think... I, I stayed I stayed sort of till the end. Sorry to interrupt. I know you're about to say something really profound, probably. But I stayed to the end, and um, Amanda Stavey was on the pitch, and I've got videos of it, and just hugging everyone, and the mood was so nice. 
Although, actually, it was ruined kind of by a bunch of kids screaming in my ears to get the players' attention to try and get their shirts, which is what football's become a little bit. But the oh, we'll let them so off. good. Yeah, we'll let, we'll let them off. Let Champions off. League. Champions yeah, League. yeah. Just tonight, but, though. Never, ever. But, anyway. <laughs> but sorry, carry on. Yeah, so, no, I just think one player to mention is just Joe Linton. I think with Trippier, you've mentioned there, he was, he's been a leader. He's, he helped us get the clean shoots earlier in the season, set-piece delivery assists, all of those things. He was just... He was basically eight, nine out of ten every week almost. But with Joe Linton, in that period where Trippier kind of, I don't want to say he tailed off a lot because I still think he was doing a good job. But obviously, I think it's fair to say his performance levels dipped a bit. Um, but in it, over the whole season, I can't really think of a time where I was where Joe Linton wasn't anything other than just a man mountain who was just running through brick walls for the team, playing in so many different positions. I mean, he's gone from, I think he's played in every single role of you know the three midfield positions that that Howe puts out, whether yeah. it's the, the the number six, the left-sided number eight, or the right-sided number eight, left winger. He, he, and even in that spell where, I remember the, the spell where we went to West Ham and battered them, we went to Everton and won 4-1. When he was playing on the left in that spell, he was scoring quite a few goals as well. I think yeah. his goals for the season in all competitions, I think he's got eight goals, which, okay, it's not massive, but... Well, it's not bad, is it? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... And to be honest with you, I just think it's so fitting that he ran over to the NUFC TV cameras and was humming the Champions League tune because imagine some, telling someone two years ago that Joe Linton's going to inspire us to a Champions League finish. Do you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> the nothing else sums up how mental the last few years has been than that. But, uh, and, but yeah, and, think... and the thing we need to remind everyone of is that Joe Linton was bought, Mike Ashley bought him, you know, Mike Ashley's paddling pool that we just heard, you know, that, that man. Sticking magnets to his feet to get the coin to the bottom of the pool, he bought Joe Linton. Wow, I know. There we now go. You, now you <laughs> just say, no yeah. words. Just no yeah, words. Yeah, no words for that. I was already million pounds at the time, which was just crazy amounts for particularly Mike Ashley. And when Mike Ashley was in charge, it was awful because Joe Linton was rubbish. Let's be honest. And then Eddie Howe comes in, completely turns him around. Do you know what? I'm incredible. I, I, I've got to say this now because of how much I fought Joe Linton's corner when he was struggling. Like, I can't yeah, lie to you, it, I was mate. struggling. Yeah. I was struggling at times because, let's not lie, that there was times where he even struggled. He wants to kick the ball, the ball against his own head, mate. Yeah. Shot. They, I mean, I must admit. Just, 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 just think that about that in your head. Imagine trying to kick a ball towards the goal. So you're a normal person, you're a professional athlete, and you try and kick the ball towards the goal that's in front of you, and it hits your head. Just try and work out the physics of that, the mechanics. It's not great. It's not a great yeah, look. That was a low point, I can't lie. But do you know what it is? With Joe Linton, like I said, there was times where I couldn't I couldn't really defend him. He mm. couldn't control the ball. He didn't look like scoring. But one thing I used to always debate, and it's actually Charlie Bennett who sent in a question last week. He used oh, yeah. to write for the blog quite a lot. And I can't lie, Charlie was of the opinion of, and he won't mind me saying this, he's the worst player ever seen in Newcastle. If we could got five million from him in the summer, I'd sell him. And fair enough, he, he, was, he was struggling. But... My argument always was. He's well, not now you look like an idiot, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> what a moron! I think, I think there's a lot of it. If we're if we're going on that logic, I think there's a lot it'll be in the words, mind. But yeah, um, yeah me but yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> just to say, I did not see this coming. I'm not acting like I expected Joe Linton to become this box to box midfielder. He would just yeah run through brick walls and just become this, like I say, battering ram. But one thing I always said was, I think when he was never out-and-out out number nine and Steve Bruce used him as a sort of battering round to play long balls to, I thought, well, what chances he got? He was never that sort of player. So I always hoped if a manager could 
see what his strengths were, which for me was always with the game ahead of him, driving forward with the ball, not having his back to goal and having to hold it up. So I always thought if a, if a manager can come in and get his confidence levels up, play him in the right position, then you, there might be a player there. And that's purely on the basis that I remember watching a couple of Champions League games, um, which we're going to be in next season, by the way. Um, Are we? Are yeah, we qualified? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, watching... The music will go here. <laughs> yeah, okay. I remember watching a couple of... It was Hoffenheim against Man City. I don't know how many years ago, but um, just a group stage game. And Joe Linton was playing... He had, a, he had an incredible the, game. Yep. I think he was more of a number 10 supporting two strikers. And he certainly right. was nothing like a lone striker. He was more of an attacking yeah. midfielder. And in those games, he was he was great. And I just remember Joe Linton in those games. I remember him signing him on FIFA. Mm. And I saw Joe Linton in a totally different way that we did as a player because he was... It, it was just so different how, how we used him. But... But yeah, we can laugh we about that now. Yeah, we can laugh about it now because we're in the Champions League. Every single Newcastle player is now world-class, including Matt Ritchie, Jamal Lascelles, Jacob Murphy, you know, all of them. They're all world-class now. Uh, let's go uh, to our next section. Let's have a little break. Okay, here we go, Ollie. We are with... Uh, are you ready for FYI, man? Well, I'll try my best. Yeah, good. All right. So you can play along at home. This is a, a, a section of the pod. FYI, man. Do you get it? Good. Where I uh, ask a question. Today is a question. And it's going to be, I'm going to name a series of clubs that one player has played for. And you have to try and guess, Ollie, who it is. You can play along at home. Ollie, if you get it really quickly, don't say the answer. Got just you. so that others can play along at home. And then uh, give it your best shot. Are you ready, Ollie? Yep. Here we go. Sunderland. Newcastle. Middlesbrough. Blackburn. Man City. Stoke. Villa. So, interesting. All three northeast clubs there. I'll say them again. Sunderland. Newcastle. Middlesbrough. Blackburn. Manchester City. Stoke. Villa. I think I've got this, but I'm not going to say it because there'll be... Well, I'm, I think there'll okay, be quite okay. a few. Okay, okay. For already. those at home, for those at home, a clue is this is our record Champions League appearance holder. So to commemorate the night, I chose our record appearance holder in the Champions League. Does that make you think you've got it right, Ollie, or wrong? Right. Okay. Uh, Ollie, let's just give him five more seconds at home. Five, four, three, two, one. Ollie, who is it? Shea Given. Correct. Imagine after but, all that, I've got it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, that would have been... To be fair, I was kind of hoping you would because it would have been funnier on the podcast. But uh, there we go. Yeah, Shea Given. So he played for uh, Sunderland first before us on loan. He was at Blackburn. Then he came to us, Newcastle. Then we sold him, obviously, the season we went down in January. We hadn't gone down yet, but the, halfway through that season, he went to Man City. Uh, it was just when Man City got loads of money. I think he then went on loan to... I think he then went... To, 
did he transfer to Stoke, I think? Then on loan to Villa or then on loan to Middlesbrough. So, so, the last clubs, who knows, whatever. But yes, it was a um, Shea Gibbon. 20 appearances in the Champions League for us. Our record Champions League holder. I do. I tweeted something earlier today saying the top goal scorers in the Champions League and the top um, appearance holders. And my comment was, uh, these records are all going to change pretty soon, I think. <laughs> I yeah. Think that's going to change. Right, Ollie, thank you so much, mate. Uh, it's very late now. I'm sat in my car. Uh, we need to stop because I need to go home. But let's just end by saying, first of all, thank you everyone who's given it a listen. I know it's a brand new pod at the end of the season. Very bizarre thing. But loads of you have listened. Hundreds and hundreds. So thank you. If you like it, please. I know we're a bit different, but if you do, please uh, post the link on Twitter or Facebook or any social and say that you like it. Say, this is great. Give it a listen because that makes a real difference to us. Five star it, write a review, follow us, contribute, send us questions, all that sort of stuff. You can sign up to our free Newcastle newsletter. There'll be the first proper one going out this week. It's in the bio. And uh, if you've got any questions, nufcblogcast.gmail.com. Ollie, anything else to say? No, I just need to go and get my passport updated, I think. Yep, I need to do that too. See you in Durham at the passport office tomorrow, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.